Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Portsmouth Running Podcast. Uh, I am Daniel Del Piccolo, and I'm joined by my lovely mate and running legend. Uh, David Harvey. I, I wouldn't say legend. I'd say uh, full-time idiot. <laughs> that, that'll do for me. That'll do. Awesome, awesome. So how are you, how are you doing? I'm okay. I'm, I'm actually lying on the bed at the moment with a little bit of brain fog because I just went out for like, I'm kind of going out this weekend in Portsmouth. So I thought I'd try and get my long run in on today, which means that I have not had a day off really to kind of let the legs heal from yesterday. Okay. Um, so basically there's these two like weird big concrete slabs that were connected to my pelvis that I had to kind of drag along across the downs and I completely regret it now so oh, uh, those ones are I'm, awful aren't they oh yeah. man they, they suck <laughs> yeah how are you doing you all right yeah not too bad actually yeah I've had I've had a good week um couple a couple of niggles going on but yeah no generally been uh been quite a nice week actually I've, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed running outdoors this week even though it's been um wet and this morning was was atrociously wet for the second half but just absolutely loved it i went i went all a bit anton kaprichka on i was just just, do do you want to tell everyone what you did earlier it's your kind of whim hoffing (laughs) yeah i guess i guess i could because because people would have seen anyway but you know i don't feel bad doing it because i know that there are a lot of people out um you know there are nudists on the beach all the time there are there are people swimming with their tops on and stuff but i when when the weather gets really bad there's something about feeling the rain on your skin and stuff so i you know instead of having chafing on on the nipples and chafing all over the body with my shirts i, I like to just take the shirt off and just feel the rain on my skin and just and just run so yeah that was that was me this morning uh, enjoying enjoying the elements <laughs> quite recently reading a, a bit about wim hof you know the the dutch guy that i that i worship and yep. follow his method and um part of what he was saying was you know when 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 it's cold and crap weather just go out in your go just go out in your shorts you know the cold is your friend and the cold will make you better and it will uh, it will improve your strength and improve your resilience against disease that kind of thing so um oh, yeah interesting so, listen listen dave maybe it's a good idea to tell us a little bit about who who vim hoff is because i don't think many people will know or maybe some people have seen his stuff on on youtube or around the internet but who who is he and and why are you so uh so into it well he he's the ice man isn't he so he he's a chap that is comes across as a bit of a crazy dutch man that has mm. this kind of strange ability to um stands very very cold temperatures and he's got this method that he's created which you can have a look on his website and his method is about it is it's sort of connected to yoga but it's got a lot of scientific kind of proof back behind it as well okay and his method incorporates breathing stretching and cold showers and ice baths so you can build up to an ice bath and the um the science behind it basically shows that if you can if you start to expose yourself to cold mm-hmm. reach your body's ability to fight disease and fight infection okay interesting and the breathing element of it makes your body's um, makes your blood alkaline and an alkaline body is much less um, susceptible to disease and infection as well okay so interesting he he's he, he sort of got this method going that he um used and took a load of people up to the top of Kilimanjaro just wearing a pair of shorts basically 
because his his method allows you to sort of turn on your inner thermostat. So he's he's got some, he's on some podcasts and stuff like that, and he's been on Joe Rogan and he's been on uh, Russell Brands more recently, which was a fascinating listen. And I, I can honestly say that you know there's there's some real immediate effects to it. Okay, uh, I think I think I think you're starting you're slowly starting to convince me here. Um, yeah. Okay. So what, one of the immediate effects that I, that I notice and has sort of, I wouldn't say changed my life, but given me the ability to just uh, attack life a lot more calmly than I than I used to, and that's that's doing the forty breaths in the morning. Okay. So what you're doing is you do almost like a hyperventilation for um, forty breaths. So breathe deeply in and then deeply out sort of quite slow but you build up a lot of oxygen in your body and then you then you hold your breath but you hold your breath on the out breath okay see how how long you can hold your breath for and almost immediately i could hold my breath for two three four minutes wow and and what it does is it um it stimulates your opiate and cannabinoid um type uh, receptors in your brain so you come out, you do sort of like three or four um, sets of these 40 breaths and breath holds. And each time you do it, you have more oxygen in your body and it gives you the ability just to hold your breath for longer and it turns your blood alkaline. But it also gives gives you this ability just to manage anxiety and stay calm through your day. And that is one of the most immediate things that I've noticed about it. And I can honestly say when I'm at work now, I'm just... I have a lot more of a level head. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to try this. I'm going to do a few of these sessions and then I'll report back. Um, the format of the show today is um, going to be us talking a little bit more about running and because uh, we love doing that. But our first segment um, in, in a few minutes time will be hearing from Ollie Steele Perkins. Uh, he's from Blended Trails, which is a group that he started, which I'll, I'll let him discuss. I'm not going to kind of kind of spoil it, but basically it's all about these events called pop-up trails, uh, which is really exciting. And I know everyone listening will, will really want to hear that, especially if you like trail running. And then we're going to move on to our main guest today, who is the lovely Sean Hawks from the Portsmouth Triathlete Group. Uh, and then we'll hear from a few runners who I've bumped into on the seafront this week, which is um, lovely as always. And of course, last but not least, we'll be announcing the winner of the writing competition who has won a copy of Rise of the Ultra Runners. So um, just a quick thanks to everybody who, who wrote in to us uh, with their messages about why they run. So we, we really enjoyed reading those. Um, yeah, it was just great to hear all your all your messages. So so really appreciate it and uh, look out for some some more giveaways in the future. So, Dave, back to the running. What a few weeks um, it's been. Obviously, there was a London Marathon. Um, and I think also, I don't know whether you saw the uh, women's 5,000 metre uh, and the 10,000 metre men's world record get smashed as well. Did you see any of those? I, I didn't see it, but you told me about it. Yeah. Yeah. That, just, and it was, wasn't it a crazy speed for that 10,000 metre? It's insane. It's it's absolutely insane. It was um, Joshua Cheptegei who set the men's 10,000 record in 26 minutes and 11 seconds for a 10K. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it was, uh, and I hope I pronounced this right, it was Letisenbet Giddy, I think, who won the 5K women's record in 14.06. And they were both done in <laughs> Monaco. Wow. It's crazy, isn't it? It's just absolutely yeah. crazy. Yeah, that's pretty good, isn't it? 
Yeah. What was really interesting was I saw quite a few photos shared on social media, and I don't know if anybody listening saw these, but there were photos of Joshua Cheptegei's foot landing on the track, and obviously the at that pace going on a bend around a track, you could you could imagine what the foot's kind of doing in the shoe. It's probably almost just generating its own kind of shape, uh, which looks quite contorted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> foot was literally just I mean his, his foot looked like it didn't even know it was in a shoe really it was just all over the place and looked like his ankle was going to be strained and stuff but I don't think you're really going to have any shoe running at that pace around a track corner that's that's okay. going to really really withhold had it out with super feet and stuff like that and orthotics <laughs> yeah it's 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 absolutely madness but yeah it was um the obviously the Virgin London Marathon Day was was really interesting as well because obviously they had the the elite races going on um, which were great to watch to watch but I drove along the seafront that morning to to go and watch my son play rugby in the absolute pouring rain uh, and wind and there were so many people out along the seafront uh, right. with their London Marathon numbers on. Oh wow, that's pretty good, isn't it? That's, yeah, I was, yeah, the I like whole that. seafront was full of people with London Marathon uh, numbers on, and yeah. I, I thought I thought it was a really good show, and um, there were obviously even when we got to the to the rugby pitch at um, HMS Temeraire, there were people running around there, and I could see that they had their numbers on as well. So yeah, really good show. I thought, especially on a day like that where it was um, pretty awful outside. Well, that's that's the kind of good thing about running, isn't there? Is that even though you sort of do most of it on your own, that there is a sense of community about things, and you know, like London Marathon's going to be massively popular, isn't it? But it's still good to see that there is that community there that's visible on big days like that, you yep. know, and that people have still kind of kept their fitness through this shit show of a year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, it's nice. It's one of the things I like about Centurion is that they've got like this core of like you know this community feel going on, and I think that that's that's where a lot of places really su- succeed, don't they? Mm, absolutely yeah they do yeah got a very very strong following of um of people but it's because you know they they care about their runners and they they run good events and uh i think london being such a such a big event it obviously draws it draws a big crowd and it's um yeah. a lot of people's kind of main race for the year and stuff so yeah it was it was fantastic seeing everyone out so well done to all of you runners that got out and uh, and ran it was it was really good to see on strava and uh, all your posts on social media so I'm guessing there must have been a lot of 10 milers out last weekend then for their great south run that never happened. Yes, exactly. And and I know we did our own 10 miler, didn't we, in kind yeah. of memory of the great south? Yeah. <laughs> Although you, you took us up some one big hill. faster hills. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's that one hill that I found recently down the back of uh, Butzer that, that is a little favourite of mine at the moment. <laughs> oh, goes was that the one we did with the switchbacks and then it kind of goes straight up to the top? That's right. Yeah, you get a little bit of a reprieve in the middle, and then it suddenly goes up really steep. Doesn't it? Yeah, that was uh, that was hard work, but that was good. It was good, and um, obviously you had your your QE uh, spring marathon as well with um, the lovely Phil Hoy, who puts on some fantastic races yeah. around the area. Do you know um, what? Those second win running weight races—they're just so good, aren't they? Like, yeah. Um, it's sort of. You can sort of know that it's been put on by a runner because it's got everything that you kind of need need for for racing them. And I've done a few of those ones, like the Winter Cross and the Q Marathon, the Meon Valley Marathon, um, and, a, and a couple of others that, that they've put on. And they, I've just always had a wicked time at them. You know, it feels lovely as well. So yeah, I'm definitely going to go and do that one again. It's brilliant. 
Awesome. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. Love love the Midnight Marathon. And I just think, yeah, he does a, does a really good job of putting on those races. But I'll tell you what we're going to do, Dave, is we're going to we're going to come back later on with uh, with a story from you, because I want to hear which I, I'm calling the story a tale of two trophies. But um, definitely keen on uh, <laughs> keen on you sharing the story with everybody. But before we do that, <laughs> we're going to break away to uh, to our first segment which is uh, me chatting with the lovely Ollie Steele Perkins, who I, who I mentioned earlier. So we're going to shoot across to there and uh, hear all from Ollie. Hi, Ollie, and welcome to the Portsmouth Running Podcast. First of all, thanks for coming on to tell us all about Blended Trails. How's things going? Hi there. Yeah, good. Thank you. Yeah, it's a Blended Trails going really well. There have been loads of interest in it. So, yeah, good. I'm really looking forward to finding out more about it because we, we were obviously put in touch on social media via a friend, Joe, which was great. To start with, Ollie, why not give us a brief summary about who you are and maybe a little bit about your own running? Okay, yeah, sure. So, uh, well, I started, I, I did, used to do a lot of running when I was uh, when I was a kid, basically, up until about 18, did a lot of competitive running. Okay. Uh, stopped for a long time, then got back into it probably around 2010, uh, when a mate sort of got me, um, got me interested in it again. Started okay. doing uh, half marathons, um, I think probably the first one I did was um, in Windsor, so fairly local to where I, where I live, uh, and then sort of moved on to a marathon and just sort of carried on from there. And last year I joined a club, uh, a local club, and, and that's mm-hmm. sort of taken the running to another level, basically, not just for competitive running, but um, socially, and it sort of helped the, helped the start of Blended Trails. Which club is that out of, out of interest? Alton Runners. Alton Runners. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a pretty big club. It's very active and it's a really social club as well. So listen, Blended Trails, interesting name because it kind of gives me the feeling of a mix of trails and kind of like, you know, trails all banged into one or different kinds yeah. of trails together. But can you tell us a little bit about what it is, first of all, and, and kind of how it all started? Uh, yeah, so, um, well, it started with a, a kind of a, the concept was born a while ago, but I, I didn't really do much with it and the idea was to bring a, a, a group of people together and create a sort of small trail running community um, and then ideas grow from there but the, the community was about doing some some form of trail running with a race element a sort of competitive element to it but making the entry to that really easy so okay. um, there were plans to sort of um, you know make it a low-cost entry to to run but actually what's happened through um, through lockdown, I, I brought all the sort of ideas forward and put them into a mixing pot and came up with um, the pop-up run, uh, which I guess we can talk about in a bit. But what, um, what it's enabled me to do is, again, bring people together to, um, to just enjoy running on, a, on a, a course that perhaps you would normally do in a competition over a day, but we do them over a sort of seven, eight, nine days. So, um, so Blended Trails itself is, um, it's a localised club in, in Hampshire where we run in groups regularly, okay. um, but it's also a, a sort of a, a growing community, which we've got online because we're obviously using social media. So people are joining from all sorts of different places and, um, and the plan is to grow that. Okay, brilliant. So you said about um, a trail that you would that people might normally do over the, over a race period over a few days. So is this basically kind of breaking up uh, the idea is breaking up the trails into smaller chunks that people can do over a period of time? Um, no, but what, so what what we've done is um, I might I plan a route 
I'll go and run that route. It could be anywhere. So we, I live in Hampshire, so most of the routes have, have been in Hampshire. We've done a, a pop-up in Wiltshire recently, but I'll map the route out, go and run it, set a, a GPS um, uh, route that people can, can use and, and use on their watches, etc. Um, and we've been using Strava just because that's the, the app that I use. Uh, and Strava has an application for, um, for, for setting segments and, and having a leaderboard. So yeah. then set, set that trail route as a, as a segment, uh, if that be 5K, 10K, up to 20K, whatever distance we decide to do. Um, and then um, I'll go out and I'll mark the course. So that course then is open. We'll, we'll set a date for people to go and use it. Um, and they'll be able to go and turn up, run, run the event whenever they want. So there's no uh, set time for people to arrive. There's no um, finish times. It's just open for, let's say, nine days. Um, and they can use um, they can obviously use the markers to follow the route, or they can use the GPS file. And if they're using Strava as their application to monitor their run, then as it's set up as a segment, they'll automatically be able to um, get their time saved onto a, a leaderboard. But what that means is they have to stick to the route, because obviously people can uh, can deviate quite easily and get get lost on trails quite easily. So we try and make it really well marked out and, and mapped out, but. Um, that's the concept, um, and we've got uh, you know we've got plans to make that easier because it's been really popular, um, mm -hmm. and um, you know the, the distances have have all been around 10k initially. But as we've done more pop-ups, what we've done is said, okay, we can actually add in a, a 5k route there, or we can add on a further 5k to create a sort of 15 or or uh, 15k route. So we can put multiple distances on in the same same areas. Um, and what we're trying to do is, um, what we are doing is putting the events in different locations. We're, we're giving people info um, at fairly short notice, hence pop-up. So we're, we're giving them all the information they would need in order to find the location, get the files, run the route, and then kind of Strava does the rest. Okay. Um, but, but it's fairly, you know, it's fairly low impact. It's, um, you know, the, the idea was sort of uh, run, run alone, um, but race together. So that was kind of part of the, the concept of, um, you know, running during lockdown when people couldn't, couldn't meet and run together. Yeah, I, think it's, I think it's a fantastic idea. It really is because it gets people out running on trails that they maybe wouldn't normally run. Because um, obviously, you, I think, I don't know if you're the same, a lot of the time, like if, if I go on holiday, for example, and I wanted to, maybe not so much now, but wanted to in the past get hold of a trace of a, of a trail that's local in the area it was always really difficult and you'd have to be a strava premium member to be able to download people's gpx traces um yeah. so that kind of stuff so this is this is really interesting it's kind of like yeah i guess bringing a race element to it but it's open for nine days you say and you can just go and run it whenever you want nighttime daytime with whoever you want yeah exactly and and saying nighttime we've got another one coming up in a couple of weeks um for halloween actually Oh, I just put the flyer out for it um but yeah that's going to be some nighttime running through some local woods so uh, that should be Fantastic. fun it's great i think it's great that you make use of strava as well because obviously the platform's there um to build a leaderboard so it's kind of almost like the natural place for it to go so do you have a um just thinking about the strava thing is there a uh, so there's a route per pop-up yeah so the, the way without sort of getting into the tech too much i mean the the most people, if they use Strava, will have come across segments, yeah. but the segment is obviously a distance. So we set that distance, of, and let's say it's a 10K race. Um, so once I've set it as a segment, when people turn up to run, what happens is they'll start their watch or their app, 
and then the app does the rest. The GPS picks up the start location, they do the route, and when they finish, then obviously it's um, it's saved it's saved into their um, it's automatically saved into the leaderboard. Okay. So um, so what happens is uh, we label up those trails as blended trails and then pop up whatever the location might be. So we've just done one locally called the Silverback Trail Series. Um, so yeah. it's called Blended Trails Silverback Series. And and when you start your watch, um, it will pop up with that and sh- and confirm that you're sort of starting that segment. Okay, Doesn't always do might- that, but but you can set your watch for that. Yeah, and I guess you might get people who go out and run the route who don't know about blended trails who on their app might pop up when they get home going, oh, what's that? Blended trail? I've just run a blended yeah. trails route. Um, well, that is true, but we, we hope people are, are, uh, are, trying, are trying the routes. Uh, having oh, no for sure. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's a good way to advertise, isn't it? Because if somebody yeah, no, pops definitely. up on someone's phone, they, 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 yeah. then they've heard about it. I think one of, one of the other things, I mean, there's lots of ideas that we can come up with, but we're, we're looking into... Uh, a timing mechanism that's still uh, that makes it more accessible to people because not everybody uses Strava there's stacks of apps out there they're all very yeah. good um, and we've just done a pop-up in Wiltshire where what we've uh, allow, enabled people to do is just take a screenshot of their time on whatever app they're using and then we've obviously uploaded those into a into an excel so you create a manual leaderboard but the next pop-up um, well perhaps not the next one but future ones what we're doing is looking at um, uh, we'll, we'll put some timing facility in the field and probably provide people with a wristband that uh, will then have a um, like an RFID for a start and f- start and finish so they can okay. basically t- touch in and touch out uh, which then means that you know they can wear that for any pop-up it becomes a, a pop-up run club um, and you know once, once they've got the wristband that's it uh, and then the intention is for all our pop-ups to stay free, but we're um, we're definitely going to be doing some exciting paid events um, next year. Okay. For somebody listening who would want to get involved, who's heard about this now on the show, where's the best place for them to start to get going? Uh, the simplest way to get started is just to come onto our Facebook group. So just search on Facebook for Blended Trails mm-hmm. and look for the private group and then uh, apply or just um, join from there. And then the second is go to our website, which is blendedtrails.co.uk. And if you go to our shop, you can get yourself some nice funky kit, uh, buy a T-shirt and that's it. And, uh, and, you know, obviously you can join our Strava club if you're um, if you're on Strava and then we're on Instagram as well. So um, any of those and uh, just get involved. And that's it. Brilliant. I think it's a great way to kind of discover new routes uh, and, and see, you know, see more more trails around the area because I'm, I, I know myself, I'm like a, I'm like a cat. I'm a creature of habit here, uh, which is, which is kind of scary really because I'm a runner and I should be more adventurous, but uh, I, I tend to kind of stick to the path paths I know because I always get lost even on the ones I know. Yeah. Um, well, so, so many people do. And I think it's yeah. nice to be able to try, try new places, but I guess you can monitor your time if you're doing the same route. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so listen, um, how many people take part at the moment just out of interest? Um, it's been well. There's been a really good reception. So I'd say on average, um, probably about sixty plus. Okay. Um, there may I say sixty plus because not everybody is using Strava. So I know that there are people going and doing the routes that mm. are 
not recording them so we don't see them on the leaderboard and i know that because there's a, a big sort of local um community of, sort of friends through again through autumn runners but other um other sort of running contacts that are going out and using and enjoying the courses but not necessarily recording on them and then you know people are going back and doing multiple times and routes to try and improve improve their time so there's definitely an element of competition within it which is nice to see um so yeah the numbers are growing and um you know the the better the routes and the more well known we become then i'm sure more people will will start to enjoy them because the feedback's been brilliant and you know we're trying to keep them as um you know as as trail involved as possible so sort of 95 percent trail and if you're hitting road it's just literally to cross it or to get to a start or something like that yeah i think it's great fantastic stuff ollie i think have you i'm um, just out of interest have you contacted anybody at the national running show to see if you guys could get up there and do a do a piece on what blended trails is because i think it would be a a good segment um, the answer to that is no not yet um okay. but um yeah that's a good idea i went up to the national running show actually yeah, was up there um, last year, and that was really good. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I like the idea of it, but I, I think that will come later. Fantastic. Listen, Ollie, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. Um, I'm, I'm definitely going to try run the, one of the routes soon, although I think I still need to join your Facebook group, so um, expect yeah. that to come through soon. Well, we better watch uh, the leaderboard then, because you'll you'll be up there at the top. No, no way. No, not. I'm I'm getting. I think I'm getting slower as uh, as each week goes on, so it certainly feels that way. <laughs> Ollie, thanks so much. Listen, take care. All the best. Thanks for yeah, coming on to the Awesome Training Podcast. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Bye. So, Dave, welcome back. Uh, what a great idea that is. And it was uh, lovely speaking to Ollie. But yeah. the, these temporary pop-up trails that people can use um, that kind of you can track against the Strava group and stuff, I just thought it was such a brilliant idea. Yeah. 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 We, I'm going to have to go and do one of those at some point. Yeah, I, I promised him that we would drag a drag a few of us um, around there at some point. Perhaps maybe a Halloween one, because he 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 says Ooh. in the interview that there's I think there's a Halloween one coming soon, yeah. so that could be quite good fun. Well, I, I've got my Halloween outfit sorted already, and I'm just going to dress up as a cyclist. So, <laughs> <laughs> do you know of all of all the shows, this this one's the worst one to say that because I'm uh, we we've got a triathlete on that we're interviewing. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I was I, I felt a bit. But I, I couldn't agree more. Perhaps I might get some lycra as well. So uh, for Halloween, <laughs> yeah, that's such a good one. But yeah, no, listen, we should um, we should definitely grab a couple of people soon and um, and try one of those pop up trails because uh, I'm actually rubbish at finding new routes on my own. And like yeah. I rely I rely on the likes of yourself who who take us on these awesome mystery tours around Hampshire, and I just end up running in places that I would never find myself in normally. So thank yeah. you. Passing down and back. <laughs> that's it Parting that's down I could, just, I could just do it every day I could I could I think one day when I you know when I die and go to hell um one is going to be running the same route every day and I'll just be like yeah okay yeah, but that would be all right because it's hell where all the decent music is so <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's uh, all the Celine Dion music and stuff or, or oh. is it are we talking about your metal music no it'd be metal wouldn't it <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I can imagine like I'll get to hell and then I'll be I'll be riding a bike and listening to Coldplay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm always like I, I don't know. I'm always um nervous about new new routes and stuff. And uh, you know, just yeah. coming across I don't know open gates with dogs and and things, which which kind of reminds me of um, a story I read. I think it was a couple of weeks ago. Um, I don't know if you saw it saw it as well. It was a a, a near cougar attack on a hiker in Utah in America. <laughs> Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, brilliant. Did you see the video yeah. as well? 
No, I didn't. I didn't. But I saw that it had happened. What? What was it bad? It was. It was interesting. I mean, obviously, this guy had encountered a, a family of, of cougars on the route, and and the the mother cougar had got really upset because obviously her babies were nearby. Um, yeah. And this guy was basically just walking backwards with the cougar kind of following him, kind of and it would, it, every so often it would yeah. leap forward, looking like it was about to rip him to pieces. And he would, he, he literally thought he was going to die in those few moments. Um, but he had to get his phone out then. Oh, he was filming the whole thing completely. And I, and, but yet yeah, you can see the cougar <laughs> leap at him and it was, yeah, it was pretty frightening. Yeah. Um, but it kind of got I me mean, thinking, you know, you've, you've run Western States and obviously Jim Walmsley himself has come across bears before. And, you know, there's all sorts of dangers uh, when you run. I think yeah. here in the UK, it's cows. So Yeah, that seems that's the general consensus, isn't it? That people hate cows and that cows are going to kill them. But they're just like, they're just animals, aren't they? They're fine. That's <laughs> true. Think. That's true. But the thing is, it does happen. Like, yeah, there are, there are cow tramp, tramplings and, uh, and people die. But I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm, uh, I, I panic all the time. But uh, yeah. Um, I've got all sorts of fears. I, I sometimes go out running at night and uh, start thinking about Hellraiser or, or Reagan from The Exorcist. So I think I watch too many yeah. horror movies and, and just panic too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyway. But there before... is that. Like, you know, if, if you're running at night and you're in the middle of nowhere, your mind does start to play tricks on you a little bit, especially if you're tired. It does. Yeah, it really does. I, I, do you ever get creeped out when you're running at night? Sometimes. I remember on the North Downs 100, Heather came and met me and I took her through Detling, which is one of the most unpleasant running experiences of my life. But, you know, um, all right, when we got to the bit just at the top of the hill, um, the there, there was just this massive bull in the way just sitting right there on the on the trail, just looking oh, at God. it, like, not going past, mate. And Heather just suddenly stopped <laughs> and froze. I was like, come on, Heather, we'll just go around him. Um, but, I, you know, there was... It's just like the, the ultra runners thing, isn't it? That like when they see a cow, they suddenly like shit themselves or something. I don't know what it is. What is yeah. it about cows? <laughs> I know. I, I've actually asked a friend of mine who who has some contact with uh, some farmers in Hampshire, if we can actually get a farmer onto the show at some point, just for a, just for a short ten minutes, just to hear what their kind of opinion is on on passing cows and and encountering yeah. cows in fields. I thought I thought it'd be quite good. Quite. I quite think. Good. I think. I think I saw something about that on um, on a YouTube video once upon a time. I think that essentially the message is that if you don't go past with an air horn jumping up and down, screaming, um, you'll probably be all right. Because mm. <laughs> like yeah. just be really tough and like walk past them, and they won't they won't just like they won't come and come and say hello. But if if you make a load of noise, then it'll either shock them or they'll just kind of come over and think, "Oh, who's that? What are you?" and be interested in what you're up to. Yeah, probably. I guess if yeah, I think walking and just yeah, just talking to them kind of generally helps calm yeah. any situation. So you keep keep your voice calm. Obviously, no no yeah. shouting or don't don't put on uh, don't put on any metal music in front of them. They yeah. should be okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Listen, before we go far um, too far off topic, um, I thought it'd be a good idea to kind of head over to our main interview this week, which is speaking, as I said earlier, with the lovely Sean Hawks. So uh, let's head off into the interview, and we shall speak once we're done. So, hello, Sean, and welcome to the Portsmouth Running Podcast. How are you keeping? Hello. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, I'm good. Thank you very much. It's uh, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. Um, thanks again for, for agreeing to come onto the show. Obviously, it's quite a daunting 
uh, task being asked to come onto a podcast and I've, and I've been in that seat myself. So uh, yeah, just, just very much appreciate you taking the time uh, out of your day and um, yeah, it's going to be brilliant chatting about um, all of your running and triathlon stuff and, and injury. So yeah, really, really looking forward to getting into it. Oh, it's a pleasure. So Sean, quickly to start with, were you, because recently everyone ran kind of these virtual London marathons and stuff, were you meant to, to run London this year? Yeah, I um, I got a, um, a club place um, through Portsmouth Triathletes and um, Brilliant. yeah, so and I did um, debate doing the virtual marathon, but uh, I just didn't manage to get the miles up really in time. So I've okay. decided to defer to another year. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, it's a, it's a big commitment, isn't it? It's like one of those yeah. one of those things you really want to do properly, and you do, like you say, need need the training and the legs to be able to get through it. So uh, yeah, absolutely. So probably yeah. a good forward. But generally, how has how's your running and training uh, been affected, like since the lockdown started? Um, I've actually been running a lot less. Um, I was um, obviously um, up until the beginning of lockdown, I was um, marathon training, so I was putting in quite a lot of miles. But um, since lockdown, I've um, scaled back my running. I've still been training a lot, um, just cycling on my turbo trainer and a lot of sea swimming and doing some swim runs. So my running has changed considerably um, during lockdown, I think. Less less miles. Um, still, you know, running a few times a week, but certainly not, not anything like I was before, um, before the marathon was cancelled. Okay. Okay. So you just mentioned this um, swim runs, which I'm really curious about because I know it's not just running um, that you do at the moment, that you you obviously take part in, in other sports since you've joined Portsmouth Triathlete Group, which which will will eventually come on to um, yeah. when we when we kind of get chatting about your timeline. But um, what what's a swim run out of curiosity? Yeah. So um, well, I started off at the beginning of lot. I've got some friends who've been doing, competing in swim run events for a few years, but at the beginning of lockdown, I was just running to the sea and going for a swim, taking my trainers off, going for a swim and then put my shoes back on and running home. But I was just um, running in a tri suit. Um, but it's kind of developed over a period of time where I actually run in a, wearing a swim run wetsuit in my trainers and swim um, to a point and then get out and then run for a little bit longer and then back in the sea so um yeah for me I, I guess because I love swimming but the rigmarole of getting my kit to the sea um mm -hmm. um is, is you know just sometimes just uh, just a little bit of a challenge I was sometimes even driving down to the sea but now I'll just run down have a swim and um run home so it just ties in really nicely with what I enjoy doing that's brilliant. That sounds really good. So, so obviously the stuff that you wear is able to go into the water and then you just bring it out and just keep keep, keep everything on. Do, do you, yeah. have you, are there special shoes that you can wear in the water as well or do you have to put those on the beach? Uh, no, I just wear my old trainers um, and uh, they're pretty light in the water. You also um, use a pool boy, which gives you a little bit more buoyancy. Ah, uh, right. Yep. Counteracts the, and, and, and occasionally I'll use paddles in the water as well. So, um, so that it sort of counteracts the drag of the shoes. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, brilliant. Yeah. I, th I think I've actually run past um, yourself and your husband, Michael, as well on the seafront a few times, I think during the summer. Um, yeah. And I think I'd seen you wearing what must have been the, the kind yeah, of swim run outfit. <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah. It's stupid, but it's fun. And it's, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's getting a little bit cold for it now, though. This morning started out as a lovely, um, sunny, sunny run, almost kind of 
beach-worthy weather and then ended with me looking like a bit of a drenched rat. So yeah. kind of get into your your story a little bit. When did you when did you first start running? Yeah, so I um I mean I was I, I ran when I was at school and I was I was always quite a natural runner. Um my father was a good runner. Um he um carried the torch for the Commonwealth Games many, many Wow, years ago. amazing. Um and um he, he was a pacemaker. Um so I can't I think maybe, you know, I I take after him with the, the sort of longer distance running and um but I had a so I you know, I ran quite a lot of school, then kind of gave up for a few years, um, mm-hmm. discovered cigarettes and alcohol and um I didn't really start again until I was in my late twenties, I think, when my oldest daughter, who is now um twenty, when she yeah. I think it was I was running a little bit before having her, but I think it was kind of after she was born I started again. Um, yeah, so quite late, really. Okay, so jumping back a little bit to to the school running, yeah. and obviously you said you'd kind of maybe been been inspired by by your father's running and stuff. Yeah. Um, do you have good memories of running at school? Um, any particular kind of races or, or or events or types of running at school that that stick out for you? Um, quite enjoyed cross country. I didn't I didn't ever compete for a club. There was never really the opportunity. Um, which is a bit of a shame. So it was just, you know, basically school running. I remember we went to, um, we did compete at Birmingham on the on the um, track there once. I, I don't know if that was some, um, I don't even know what the competition was actually. Um, and I quite enjoyed middle distance, sort of 1500 and 800 then. Okay. Didn't really go much over cross country, school cross country distance when I was, uh, when I was that age though. Mm, okay yeah. I think um, a, a lot of the guests that I've had on the show have com- kind of competed um, as junior runners either either at school or or in a club as well and yeah. it, it just amazes me how brave junior runners are and and I, and I see them around now we kind of when I run past the Mountbatten Centre or if you're at a park run and stuff I mean I, I struggle myself with nerves lining up to a race as an adult so yeah. I think as a kid, like being involved in running is probably really like confidence building. And would, would you agree? Oh, absolutely. And I used to get terribly nervous at school, even before. I remember getting really ridiculously nervous before races. And I think that was more about the pressure that I put on myself, which I still do now. It's not necessarily about the competition with with others. It's about mm-hmm. the pressure I um um the expectation that I have of myself. And even now, at, at the grand old age of 48 I still expect myself to be able to perform the way I was years ago and I need to be realistic about that <laughs> yeah it's it's such an interesting topic because I think it's that constant battle that everybody has or, or a lot of runners have with themselves and and that kind of competitive nervousness I think is going to be something perhaps maybe we look back on in the future when, when we're older and we're maybe no longer able to run or or beyond it a little bit that we're going to look back on it with fond memories that actually it was kind of like a good relationship in a way but but you know it's, it keeps you on your toes and oh, I yeah. think it's, there's something a little bit healthy about it as as horrible as it, as it can be at the time yeah I think so yeah yeah well it, mm. it just gets your adrenaline going doesn't it and there must, you know, I'm sure there's a good reason for it. And it doesn't stop me from, you know, I don't get so ridiculously nervous that it stops me from taking part. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, brilliant. So you, so you mentioned um, a little bit earlier, uh, cigarettes and real ale, Sean. What, 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 
what was, what, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, what was going I was, on there? <laughs> I was raised in the pub trade, so um, ran a family pub with my mother for when I was in my early 20s. So she sort of ran the food side and I... Um, I ran the bar and the cellar, so I was uh, I was more interested in um, getting into the campaign for real ale um, rather than <laughs> running. Brilliant. I used to run beer festivals and yeah. Oh, fantastic! Must you have a lot of good memories doing that, probably? Yeah, yeah, rather unhealthy memories, but um, well, wow. uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I wouldn't go back to be honest, and I can't drink real ale anymore. <laughs> Oh really? That's a shame because I was going to ask you what good real ales that you'd recommend. No, so. no I can't. I don't like it now. I think I just had too many years off. Uh, yeah. So. Um, okay. Yeah, do do all quite... the? I was going to ask you. Do all the new kind of posh? I call them posh ale. All these posh ale tins that you're finding in the shops these days. Yeah. Do you drink any of those? Occasionally, there are a lot more continental um, beers now, aren't there? We, mm. you know, we really focused on the sort of traditional English ales. Okay. Uh, yeah so yeah occasionally I'll have the odd uh odd can of uh like a nice continental lager but I'm not Lovely. particularly sophisticated with my uh with my <laughs> I've started I've you know I there's two it, it sounds really strange but I, I kind of call myself a non-drinker but I but there's two alcoholic drinks I drink one of them is a Guinness West Indies Porter which I yep. love um and the other one is this new stuff I've come across which is it's called Beaver Town Neck Oil all right um, and it's just delicious. Mm. It's it's yeah. kind of yeah, just really. I had it at a, one of the restaurants in South Sea, and just those are the only two drinks I'll have, nothing else. Um, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, back onto back onto the running, and uh, and we'll we'll stay clear of the cigarettes and the uh, and, and the real ale. <laughs> yeah. So so obviously after school, you said that you there were a few years of kind of no running um, yeah. at all until you joined uh, a running club and kind of got yourself involved in more more structured yeah. training and stuff so what I guess the question for me is what was the trigger to to start the running again um I'm not entirely certain I was um I think I I started running with a friend um and we decided to enter a um I think it was a Stubbington 10k um okay and um and I think maybe I'm not sure I think I I also did the Great South that that year and you know just starting to get out running more I was meeting local runners and somebody recommended um um the Pompey Joggers okay yeah uh, uh, yeah and I just went along and um and gave it a try and then and then it kind of went on from then and I think I I'd sort of my running became much more structured and um and and for the first time I was running more with groups and I'd never really run with groups of people makes a difference yeah oh a huge difference absolutely yeah yeah oh that's brilliant so you did I, I i actually um you know preparing for these interviews i try and go off and get some results and stuff but unfortunately the great south run results don't go back past about 2008 or something i think so no. 2003 wasn't theirs but how did you do and, and what was your experience of the race yeah i think i think the first time i did i did really quite i did I don't know it was and I think it was sort of it was under 80 minutes um Good. and I Good did time. quite well um and I started off I, I I think that was probably my most enjoyable Great South because I started off like quite far back because I had no idea of pacing and mm-hmm. all the way I was overtaking people um and it was just such a great feeling so uh, and it was just and, and the atmosphere um yeah really really enjoyed it and and felt amazing so that was probably the, my most enjoyable Great South. 
it sounds like you had a not, not a lesson but you, you did the right thing by starting far back because obviously yeah. a lot of people you speak to have the as soon as you kind of get into the running you, you grow a little bit of confidence and you kind of move a little bit further forward and forward and and you end up having obviously a lot more of a of a horrible kind of race time so um yeah starting yeah. easy and kind of picking up progressively is uh oh yeah and I actually put so much more pressure on myself now with the great stuff because I get because I've run um the great sub 70 quite a few times I I get wow. a um, fast pace number, so um, okay. um, which means that you start in the pen at the at the front. But actually, it, I don't think it necessarily gives you. I mean, obviously, you're not tripping over people, um, yeah. But you're overtaken by a lot of people, and it's not it, it's it it's not as it's not as an enjoyable experience. It's more about just pressurising yourself to get to sort of justify your place in the pen. Yeah. yeah for sure yeah absolutely it's a it's a difficult thing to kind of kind of yeah. get right I think with people passing you and you passing yeah. people and you obviously yeah just every little thing and every little detail at that level kind of you know gets to you a little bit so interesting yeah absolutely I've, I've really missed the great South run this year because last weekend was I kind of woke up on Sunday morning went for a run with um, some friends and we realized oh it's great South run day yeah so yeah I, what a shame. I, I did do it last year but in somebody else's name um oh, really that <laughs> was uh yeah it was a it was a great great event last year because i think we had pretty good weather it was quite calm it's lovely yeah last mm. few years have been last couple of years actually have been quite warm last two yeah, or three but, uh, obviously yeah. we get the flip side of that sometimes and if you get a bad day oh. it's uh not a fun last few miles as everyone knows kind of moving forward a little bit you so you obviously joined the portsmouth joggers and you were getting more structured training and then you'd run the great south run in 2003 yeah. um, and i think between that time you were obviously just just training and and kind of keeping keeping the structured training going and enjoying the social group runs yeah I don't think I I can't really remember I don't think I was entering that many races at that point um just enjoying the training actually um and um cross I think I was doing um yeah I was doing quite a few cross-country events Mm -hmm. um and yeah until and I, I can't this seems to have lost a few seems to have lost a few so I think I continued running with them it was it was only for two or three years um until I um fell pregnant with Freya my youngest and then that's right yeah um and then I you know when I during my pregnancy I ran I ran for as long as possible um with her and then I've after having Freya I think I continued running for quite some time on my own because I was on maternity leave and able to run during the day with her in the buggy um and mm. Michael was in the navy at the time so he was away at sea so I couldn't go anywhere in the evenings so I okay. was trying to just cram in my running as and when I could really yeah yeah so you obviously a lot of buggy running on the seafront yeah. and stuff yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm always right. fascinated by people who push um, their buggies when running it, it looks like such hard work and I've seen yeah some incredible times posted as well by people at you know South Sea Park Run for example oh, it's jolly it was amazing when she was running with Miles in the buggy it's just it's just amazing you just yeah I mean it must be quite an experience for the for the children in the in the in the buggies <laughs> yeah yeah I really enjoyed it we bought um, um a special um a chariot which you could you could take the front front wheel off and and tow it behind a bike as well but the wheels were massive so it was, okay. it was great it was I mean it was a it was a big buggy so if it was windy it was quite it's like it, it acted as a, a sail so it was quite a challenge um mm, to push. Imagine. But 
um it was fun really really enjoyed it yeah yeah i've seen i think i've actually seen some people posting some some low 16 minute or, or mid 16 minute 5k finishes with um wow. with buggies Crazy. it's just mind-blowing a bit because i'm you know i just don't have the same ability to um react um when i'm tired or if i'm running fast i just i'm not i'm not sure i'd trust myself to do the right thing if somebody ran in front of me <laughs> just i think i'd be putting them um, I, d- I don't think i entered any races with, with freya in the buggy i just i don't think i'd be safe enough yeah i know I, I'm, I'm the same i i think i go through these these moments in my head where i'm thinking oh what if what if a stone gets caught in the wheel and it trips oh, up yeah. or something so oh god yeah, oh. so you, you kind of get a bit worried but yeah it's just incredible so yeah. So obviously you'd, you'd you'd gone through the you'd gone through um, childbirth you got back to uh, back to running postpartum I think is the is the term for it. Um, yeah, soon I was running quite uh, yeah 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 obviously okay. not running with her um well until she was ready able to kind of hold herself up but um I was um I was out as much as as much as possible. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. good. And then in, I think it was um, you, because obviously you, you'd given me your timeline of, of your running. Um, in yeah. 2010, you said you joined the the Portsmouth Athletics Club um, and were coached under Jerry North, whose yeah. name has come up before on the podcast. Oh, he was fantastic, Jerry. I'm just only only sad that I met him quite late on in his life, really. But okay. um, obviously he had, um, um, you know, a fantastic history of running himself, uh, I think he still holds a world record. Um, I think it's for, I, I'm not entirely certain, I think it's for a, a, a like a Parloof relay. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, and I, I really, really enjoyed those years of running with Jerry. Not so much I was roped into running on the track. I didn't particularly enjoy racing on the track, but kind of got roped into running for the club um, because they were so short on um senior runners at, at that point so the vets were kind of um um dragged along to um some of the uh, some of the meetings but yeah i enjoyed i enjoyed the um running um running with the uh, city of portsmouth and i i enjoyed the cross countries as well yeah okay i do miss yeah. those days i wish um you know like yourself you said you you wish you'd kind of trained under or met jerry um, earlier yeah. on in his life and I I just so wish that I'd, I'd managed to kind of you know get him onto the show at some point um yeah. there's been a few coaches I think who have since passed that have been spoken about in very high regard by um by runners and it's just a shame that we weren't able to kind of capture their stories but um I think there's there's quite a lot written about Jerry and I I'd looked him up after you'd sent me your 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 running history and um there was a couple of things that came up that I wanted to mention or thought were worth mentioning and as long as that with that world record you just mentioned he he won gold at the English National Cross Country Championships as a junior, which, yeah. which was way back in 1958, I think it was. Um, and then he went to claim the senior title in 1962 um, and then had a veteran victory in 1987, which is, I think he's the wow. only runner still to have won all three categories there. Fantastic. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, it must have, been, must have been, had a wealth of knowledge that um, he was able to pass on to his runners. So. Yeah, truly, really, truly inspiring. And he, um, I think, I think the thing I loved about Jerry, he had, he had a group of, um, of athletes of all abilities, but he would still, you know, he, he would still spend time with each and every one of us and set up the training sessions. So nobody was ever really running on their own. 
okay. yeah, he, he was he was fantastic. Yeah, really really miss Jerry. Wow, well, it's a lot of um, it's touched a lot of athletes' lives, and that's that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. brilliant. Yeah. So Sean, let's let's move on a bit now to triathlon, um, and and obviously how you became a triathlete. I guess you can call yeah. yourself a triathlete, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds awfully professional and uh and and hardcore which which i think it is because i don't know how uh you know athletes manage three sports you know one one's hard enough so i'm looking really forward to chatting chatting to you about this but i think you'd, you'd said that you'd been struggling w- with a lot of injuries yeah. perhaps maybe from a lot more track running a lot more i think structured so, running. Hindsight, yeah running um a lot of speed work and i think yeah i i had um i was I think I started triathlon training. I was really struggling with my ITB just to the point where it was setting my teeth on edge. It was so painful and I just couldn't run beyond two kilometers. And then I started um, going to, um, I, I was going to the Mount Batten Centre, um, coach um, Trevor Payne runs um, triathlon training sessions at um, at the Mount Batten Centre. So I started going to his sessions and um training on the um exercise bikes there and then and doing the the swim sessions I hadn't swum since I was at school and at school I was also a terrible swimmer so I had an awful lot of catching up to do okay then continue training um and um take a break from the running for a while yeah Yeah. sounds sounds sensible but how does in, in in your experience, how does a triathlon club compare to like your standard, you know, joggers running club or or athletics yeah. club like you were used to? I think um, I, well, I think I, I joined Portsmouth Triathletes in either 2013 2014, and I'll be on. I think it's much more of an inclusive club um, okay. because you have you not only have runners, you have cyclists and you have swimmers, but you know some some of them you know you'll have some swimmers who will never you know compete in a triathlon and don't run but they still are very much part of the club and will join join in with the swim sessions i think it's just more um more inclusive and more diverse um mm. yeah i've i feel um very very welcome and um you know as as part of um the the triathletes and it's uh and, and there's a lot less pressure, I think, with um, clubs, um, with athletics clubs. It, it is, it, you know, the focus is very much on competing. Yeah. Um, whereas we, it's not so much with with the um, being a, a member of Portsmouth Triathletes. It's just the, you know, my it's just focusing on what you know what my um, agenda is really. Um, okay. Yeah. So I guess all the like each member of, of a triathlete club will have their stronger sports or the sport that they feel more yeah, yeah. closer to closer with um so, or like you say even a sport that is the only one that they'll do so like you say it's more diverse um it must be quite interesting actually kind of comparing different training methods across sports rather than just running as well so yeah absolutely and I and I have um learned a great deal and I still have an an awful lot to learn um when it comes to triathlon um but I also discovered that being well I would have considered myself as a runner to be really fit it just made absolutely no difference when I got in the water at all being oh really okay really very very different and and also being run fit doesn't particularly help you on the bike either um however if you're 
you know if you if you're bike fit then it it to a to a point it will keep you going on the run but uh, yeah okay that's so. that's very interesting you said it that way around because i know a lot of really good cyclists who transition to running extremely well yeah, uh, yeah. but I, I wasn't sure about the other way around so that's that's yeah. quite interesting and that's what i'm hoping really because i'm not running as much so i'm um because i keep i have um problems in my back i've got um bulging discs which causes sciatica so when i run i i'm um i'm really struggling with the sciatic pain so i'm mm. trying to kind of um ease back on the running um a little bit frustratingly okay. um yeah uh, must be really difficult to to kind of manage with the running because obviously yeah I, I know a lot of people who suffer from that and uh, a lot of runners as well and yeah, yeah. it's really crippling isn't it it's uh, it's not not a, not a nice thing apparently no no, no. yeah but it seemed like all the cross training that you were doing at uh, Portsmouth Triathletes um, was was doing your your running really really good because I think in 2013 you you cracked out a 67 minute Great South run which is amazing <laughs> yeah that was my fastest Great South actually um yeah so I've just ever since I've just managed to just get under seven, 70 minutes so um 68 69 minutes but that was uh yeah that was my fastest um that's brilliant such such a good time and yeah. and I think you did a your best 5k at the lakeside series being 19 minutes and nine seconds which again yeah. is, is a great incredible yeah and I I felt amazing after that I, I just really wanted to crack 19 minutes but then Things kind of uh, went downhill soon after that became that's when I developed my back injury okay not long after I think or certainly that year and um, I just kind of um, struggled to sort of maintain those times really mm. yeah so so Sean I'm on the on the topic of the different sports and kind of how you manage it um, yeah. I think as run, as runners who would be listening to the show and certainly myself. I kind of understand over the period of, let's say, a week or a month, how my training is scheduled. So, you know, I have, I'll have two speed sessions a week. I'll do a long run on the weekend, that kind of structure. Uh, with multi-sports and cross-training, how, if you were doing all three, like yourself, like doing tri uh, triathlon, how would you break that all up? And, and, and when do you fit kind of each session in and, and, and what happens during a typical week? Yeah, so um, that I'm not very good at structuring my sessions, to be honest. And I think last year um, I did have um, a coach. Um, I used a triathlon coach for okay. a few months before um, before a big event. Um, yeah. Um, so um, which I found really really helpful uh, because I'm I'm not particularly good at that. But usually, I mean, during the week at the moment, I'll try and I tend to get up quite early, so I'll try and get up about. 5 30 and um like i'll try and do sort of three three to four um sort of one hour turbo sessions on my on my bike okay um and i'll do um i do yoga twice a week at the mountain oh, center which i love yeah um and i'll i mean swimming i'll swim once or twice a week up until last week I've been swim running um, yeah. but it's getting a little bit cold now so I'll, I'm going to try and start building my running up so maybe out running sort of twice a week okay um, I guess in competition you can you can make up quite a lot of time 
um, as a as a as somebody who finds the running maybe maybe the stronger of the three three yeah. sports. I've always found that when it gets to the run, I can you know I can pick off people quite well. Okay. It's not often um, that people overtake me on the run. They all come flying past me on the bike. But then, but the, the, this is um, this is where I've been really trying to work on my bike so that um, I'm not overtaken by so many people um, yeah. on on the bike segment. So yeah, so I do. I, ha- I do generally do quite well on the run, although this year when I've done a couple of triathlons, I've been a bit disappointed with my run times. Okay. So I think that's just a reflection of my, you know, the drop in training, not been doing any sort of speed training. OK, yeah. so I was going to ask I was going to ask as well. You you mentioned that obviously you're struggling at the moment with your back and, and, and injuries with the running um, over the yeah. years. But you have done one marathon, haven't you? You did. Which one was it? Yeah, I did the Portsmouth Coastal Marathon in, in 2018. Okay. Uh, yeah, which um, I, I which I really enjoyed actually. Um, Good. Ran that with um, with some um, friends, um, members of the um, Portsmouth Triathletes, and paced ourselves really, really well. Just got just under four hours. Um, um, Brilliant. Which I was pleased with. Yeah, I, I'm kind of. I always thought that I'd have quite a good marathon in me, but my body just doesn't doesn't cope well with long distance runners uh, mm. running. Um, I you know I watch people like Nikki Spinks, <laughs> wonderful oh, yes. long distance ultra ultra runners who can just go for miles and miles and miles, and my body just doesn't cope with it, unfortunately. Yeah. Nikki Spinks is amazing, isn't she? She's phenomenal. Wow. Yeah. There's a few document good do- documentaries about Nikki Spinks, I think, on mm. Amazon Prime and or Netflix, which are worth watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she's she's done, yeah, done some incredible, incredible stuff. But that, that was brilliant, though, that you that you got a marathon in, and, and especially to go sub four on a route like Portsmouth in the winter when it's it's not the easiest of routes if it's wet yeah, and foot yeah. as well. Yeah, it was good. I've, I've entered marathons previously, um, but just not got to the start line um, just um, because of injury. Um, I've entered yeah. the Portsmouth Marathon, I think, in um, was it the year my back to 2013 or four, 2014, I think, but just didn't. Um, didn't happen. Mm. Didn't happen. No, no. OK, um, I was, I was going to ask as well, if a listener was keen on on trying uh, multi sports or, or cross training and was thinking mm-hmm. about joining the, the triathletes and so how how, how could they do that and, and, and where does everybody meet? Um, well, obviously, due to um, COVID restrictions, unfortunately, at the moment, I think training sessions have been limited. Um, yeah. But the best way would be actually through their um, uh, for their Facebook forum. Um, okay. And just post a message on there. Um, yeah. So usually um, they would be swimming in the sea two, three times a week. Um, and they also they run um cycling sessions training sessions at at the Mountbatten Centre and um and there are always people posting up group rides uh, and they also have um some great run coaches as well so I was um still training on the track um with um with them up until up until lockdown okay but unfortunately obviously none of these sessions are running currently 
Yeah, yeah. No, it's difficult at the moment. I was just wondering, because I think a lot of clubs are kind of starting to go back in small groups and things. So I thought it'd be worth mentioning in case anybody's yeah, considering well, it for the future. They, they are running tra- there's cycling, Zoom cycling sessions and also strength and conditioning sessions. And yeah. I gather some run sessions as well at yeah. Park, but all the details will be on the um, Facebook forum. Okay, perfect. Uh, and and also um, Vinny, who runs the South Sea Swim Runners, he's he's setting up training sessions for swim runners as well. So if anybody's interested in um, in taking part and giving that a go, obviously it's Ooh. probably um, a particularly challenging time of the year to be starting, but they'll also be out and about running as well. Yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed, everything kind of starts settling back in next year. But uh, yeah, it's certainly uh, interesting watching what's going on with races next year because i think the brighton marathon has already been moved to later next year my place for london um marathon and um to um 2022 uh, okay all right because i just thought 21 um we may still be in the same same place yeah yeah well we'll have to uh, get you back on in a couple of years time if the show is still going and uh, <laughs> you can let us know how that how that goes for you but yeah really really hope it goes well um sean looking ahead uh well probably into next year as we were just talking about or, or the year after uh, mm. what goals um have you got planned um yeah w- w- what's what's left that you that you want to do perhaps maybe i don't know an ultra distance run a triath a particular triathlon or, or a particular time to aim for i think um yeah, I mean, I would love to to uh, compete in an ultra distance run, but um, I, I'm I'm not sure that's achievable um, for me. Unfortunately, I just uh, get um, I struggle too much o- over long distances. But uh, I never never say I, never. But but yes, yeah, I appreciate I, that. I suppose, yeah, yeah. My ultimate goal, I suppose, would be to get an age group place in a. Um, a 70.3 event which is like a half iron man distance um okay. triathlon so so then to be able to compete from it where uh, to compete to wear a gb vest um in my wow. age that that would be my ultimate goal i think i that i don't think i don't even know if it's achievable but i think it's always always good to have a goal to work towards absolutely yeah you never yeah. know you never know what what can happen and um, when things can, can click into place and races can go well so that's that's a fantastic goal to aim yeah. for for sure yeah Brilliant. maybe a full a, a, like a, a long distance triathlon but but my my biggest um, my biggest issue would be the marathon at the end <laughs> so yeah well you worry about that when it comes yeah <laughs> yeah yeah oh sorry worry about the last 20 miles that's fine yeah. <laughs> Not, don't even worry about the first 10k easy <laughs> Sean listen thank you so much and, and listen before I finish um, I always ask my guests some recovery run questions that's that's what I call them okay. these are just very quick fire questions so it's a kind of uh, very quick answers so um, we'll jump jump into those uh, if you had to choose just one activity out of running biking or swimming to do forever which would it be oh forever um, that would probably be cold water swimming yeah okay cold water swimming brilliant okay <laughs> cool do you have a favorite running route in or around the Portsmouth area um on the seafront which is a bit boring no that uh, that's a lot of people's 
a lot of people's answers. That's one of my favorite places as well. I've been running it since lockdown started and we'll never get sick of it. No, I so, love it. Good yeah. answer. Uh, do you have a best moment that you can remember that you've had in a race? Um, yes. Um, Weymouth Half Ironman um, in 2018, finishing that. And my group of friends, the South Sea Mermaids, we all joined it together and we all um, we all completed it, which is uh, which is my my favourite moment. Yeah. Brilliant. Good feeling yeah. that you all got through it as well. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, what shoes do you currently run in? Um, uh, Brooks. Uh, I can't levitate. I think are they. Yeah, I think not entirely. Okay. Certain. A lot of people don't know that. You know, they 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 get the shoes and they kind of you you forget about the model a little bit. I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have any good running books or or films that you that you might want to recommend to listeners? Um, I, I've. I've films recently i've enjoyed watching the barkley marathons i've um really on um on netflix oh yes yeah they're good yeah. aren't they fascinating yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. that's one race that really just fascinates me because you 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 can see the you can see the events and obviously they don't show a lot of of those routes at barkley but but you get an idea for the terrain but um apparently it is absolutely awful um yeah. There's, there's, you're kind of crawling through thorn bushes and all sorts. I've seen people coming back with legs that look like they've been to hell oh, and back. Christ, it looks horrendous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very, very interesting. And another podcast, actually. Um, uh, Bob Diggles' Bob, Bob Graham Round. That's a, um, a great po- podcast to listen to as well. Brilliant. That's, that's a great recommendation because I've listened yeah. to a few of those shows myself. And, and yeah, I think Bob and his team did, did such a great job on those. Yeah, yeah. Really good job. Yeah. Those are amazing. Yeah, yeah. Very, very good. Excellent. So, yeah, if you if you haven't heard that, please go and find that on. Well, do you know what it's called again? Um, it, It's the Bob Graham round. Uh, Sorry. No, it's. Oh, God, no. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to have to quickly find it while we're here now. But um, while while I'm while I'm just kind of trying to grab that name for the listeners, is there anything that you'd like to to add about what I what I feel is just an absolutely brilliant running community down down on the south? Is there any any, any kind of like last words um, you'd love to add? And you can include the triathletes in that as well because that all counts. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I just um I I think I really enjoy running in South Sea. Always see a familiar face, um you know, and everyone has their own challenge no matter what they're doing if they're like walk running or running at speed I just it's just great to see and particularly since lockdown it's great to see so many more people out running um yeah I love it brilliant thank you so so much and and that podcast is called the Bob Graham sounds sounds that's it yeah yep. so if you want to go and listen to that go for it but Sean listen thank you so so much it's been an absolute pleasure having you on and, and hearing your running story because this is this is what the show is all about you know we're not it's about all the runners and everyone's got an interesting uh, tale to tell. And um, yeah, hopefully some of the people who listen to the show will, will find uh, find all that stuff fascinating because, yeah, I certainly did. So thank you. Thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you. Really enjoyed it. All the best. Take care. Thank you. What a cracking interview that was. And uh, have you ever taken time out to train at any other sport other than running? Like, have you done, have you done swimming or cycling before? No. Um, I've done a gym session regularly each week that is involved like just 30 minutes on a um exercise bike and it's just the most boring thing in the world you, but, can't, you uh, couldn't you couldn't do it no you couldn't do it all the time no, i think cycling's good for running isn't it but i'm not really into yeah. it 
perhaps perhaps if I had a mountain bike, but you know, it's different strokes, isn't it? Uh, before we break into the uh, South Sea snippets for this week, uh, which we'll hear from a few runners on the seafront, I was going to get you to tell us all about the tale of two trophies. So, so what happened? So, uh, obviously, that staggered start times now nowadays, isn't it, due to yep. COVID? So, uh, I I'd started and I started with Heather and then ran ran the first little bit with her and then sort of thought got my legs feel all right so went and went left her there and sped up a little ran bit. off <laughs> and uh so finished in 335 which uh sort of got over the line and Theresa and phil said oh that looks like that's good enough for third place and i was like oh wow that's that's cool thank you very much thank you for the trophy anyway um heather finished and she they looked at the finishing times and there was another woman behind her that came over the line and she had started a little bit behind Heather but was quicker so although okay. she came second she was actually first and Heather was second so Heather got the second place trophy this other woman got the first yeah and then we drove home and had some lunch and then I sort of managed to look at the uh the race director website and actually i was in fourth place oh man <laughs> so i sent phil a message saying oh i suppose I better give this back to you because uh because i because i'm actually uh fourth or fourth no was i fourth or fifth i think i was fourth okay and, um and then actually i think it was a, a couple of days later with heather spending most of the weekend shoving this bloody second place trophy in place of my soccer <laughs> <laughs> on top of the toilet and in front of the TV, just to kind of boast that she had a she had a uh, trophy and I didn't. I we love it. Director website and she'd actually like become she'd gone from second to fourth lady in the end. Oh my <laughs> god, I, I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, so she's still got this bloody second place trophy sat stuck by the door that she's got to take back to Phil. <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> so, so how how much how much revenge laughing was there after that happened <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually this is um just reminding that i was 40 minutes quicker than her would be you know just a couple of times maybe every hour <laughs> you'd have to just like draw a little fake trophy and just keep keep pasting it around the house or something <laughs> just <to> get it <laughs> back <laughs> yeah i'll take some photos and just send it over whatsapp every every uh every couple of days just to remind her <laughs> yeah, yeah that's brilliant oh great great story but such a shame that you had to give the uh the silverware back because they're actually quite nice trophies as well so listen on that on that note we'll uh, head over into our final segment before we announce the competition winners so uh, let's hear from a few runners on the seafront in our south sea snippets so i'm here at the eastney swimming pool or the eastney toilets as some people refer to it and i've met up with a runner and what's your name my name is matthew fleet um, what are you up to today? What have, what have you been doing? So I've snuck in a, a sneaky seven-mile run on my lunch break. So um, Dan caught me stretching and not actually moving, uh, which is, happens quite a lot, really. At least it's not in the, the middle of the run. So, so you're actually done true. You're done and dusted. Yes, yeah, so I'm done and dusted now, so I'm just walking home. So, yeah. Cool. So, Matthew, what are you, what are you training for at the moment? Well, I've been injured for a, a long period of time. Um, so I've, I've tried to come back and I 
it got injured again and but now I've been running for about five months um, okay and I'm, I think I'm injury free now so uh, yeah. good fingers but crossed. I am looking for races I can't find any everything I enter seems to cancel so if anyone's got any places that are open or help me <laughs> yeah well we'll put a shout out on the show then yes. for, uh, for for any uh, any keen runners who want to shorter distance at the moment for me absolutely so what you're you looking for like a five a five miler ten ten five, miler ten, maybe even a half mile it's a shame the great South Rome was meant to be obviously last weekend so what a shame but uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to have done that um, but never mind not meant to be this year cool well Matthew I'll let you get on uh, with your day and uh, thank you very much for coming on the show and talking to us lovely to see you as always Dan cheers so I'm here on the seafront next to the coffee cup on a what is a glorious Friday morning uh, and I've bumped into a runner and your name is uh, George George nice to meet you George um, what are you doing today are you training for anything in particular and how far are you going today uh, no so uh, I just run to keep fit uh, I'm in the armed forces, so uh, I just try and keep it as much as possible. Um, today I'm doing uh, about six miles, so ten kilometres. Okay. Um, I don't know if you know the uh, the Santa Fun Run that they do. Oh yes, yeah, I know they, the one. They have the uh, the five and the ten k route. Yep. So it's about half a mile from my house to the seafront. Okay. Uh, where it starts, and then I just tend to follow that route and then just uh, go home. Brilliant. So, so you do lots of running on the seafront then? Is it a regular route? And um, what's, what's your favourite kind of bit of the seafront to, uh, to run along? Um, yeah, kind of, I, try, I do try and run a lot. Obviously, uh, life does tend to get in the way sometimes. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but yeah, I try, try and mix it up. Do So today's my long run, then I'll do uh, five kilometres or three miles, and then I'll try and do some sprinting to like build up my speed. Um, and yeah, it is, it is just for fun, but... Yeah, running along the seafront is, is amazing. Like, it's good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so like some of the places where I've been running over the years, it's sort of like, oh, and here's another grey building, and here's another grey building. But, I mean, even when it's raining um, and stuff, like, it, it is still quite nice. Always worthwhile, yeah. yeah. Yeah, really, really good. It's great. Thanks very much. Sorry to interrupt your run, yeah, and I uh, no hope you have a good one. Take care. All right, and you. Thanks. Yeah. Hi, so I'm here on the seafront again. Uh, pretty near the pyramids and I've bumped into uh, a few runners who have stopped so fortunately I didn't have to stop them. Uh, can I just get each of your names? Sarah and Judy and Susan. Lovely to meet you all. How far have you gone today? Are you training for anything in particular? We're not training for anything. We started off today planning for a 5k and we finished up doing a 10k. How does that, how does that work? <sighs> Don't know. <laughs> so who, whose fault? To run with. Who, whose fault was that then? Was anybody responsible for that? Because there's normally one person who's like yeah let's just go a little bit further. <laughs> Usually Susan. So, you know, is, is, is this true? Well, sometimes, sometimes, yeah. We motivate each other, to be honest. But I've just been running a bit longer, so, yeah. That's good. That's good. Yes, I think it's good to kind of motivate and each other and push yeah, each other and on. Yeah, some days sure. some of us are not feeling it, so we say, come on, you can do this. And when you get, you know, it's like... Brilliant. So you said you're from a running group uh, from the Pyramids. So so how does that all work? Well, no, we, we met at the Pyramids a few years ago, doing okay. aerobics, the old bit of gym. And then, of course, COVID, Pyramids closed. We thought, OK, let's try and do a sneaky meet-up on the seafront. we try running. So we started off. Some of us were kite to 5k. We had Brilliant. a run. Okay. So, um, and then uh, we just, so we now we're all running at least 5k in half an hour. Okay, brilliant. And how many times a week do you uh, do you meet up for a run? Three times. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Okay, brilliant. And it's always 5 to 10k. Yes. So. Yes, yeah, yeah. depending on how everybody's feeling. Excellent. Yeah. I, I love it. You know, just meeting people down here and just hearing about how many times they run during the week and, and yeah. these groups that, that kind of get together, yeah. either from clubs or from, from like the Pyramid Centre like yourselves, I think it's brilliant. So thank you very, very much for your time. Much appreciated. Yeah, and uh, all the best. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Bye. Bye. Yeah, so there we go. Thank you to everybody I interviewed on the seafront. Uh, I'm sorry I interrupted some of your runs, but uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on. And actually, you know, Dave, I'm getting really used to kind of interrupting people a little bit and, and quite enjoying 
uh, meeting so many other runners out on the seafront because you often pass so many people, but you never really get to say hello or anything much. So it's been really good. Oh, I know. You quite often see this, this, the same faces as well, don't you? You do wonder what their yeah, story it's... is. You're yeah. now like, uh, it's, it's a bit like the, um, you're the running Keith Chegwin now down on the seafront. Like it's, <laughs> it's a bit like the dad challenge, but with the ports of running podcast. <laughs> yeah, I think people are going to start like crossing the road and stuff. Go, oh no, it's that guy <laughs> with the with the phone and the microphone. <laughs> Get him away. <laughs> uh, I know everyone's keen to hear on the on the competition results, and uh, obviously we're giving away a copy of Edron and Finn's uh, Rise of the Ultra Runners, which is a really good book. It's a, it's a really inspiring book if you're an ultra runner and even if you're not an ultra runner. Uh, and even more so if you're thinking about becoming an ultra runner because the, the story in there is fantastic. It follows uh, Edron and Finn around all of his races to kind of build up to, to running the UTMB, which obviously you've done, Dave, yourself. So we had some good entries in. Uh, I really, really enjoyed reading everyone's reasons uh, for running. Uh, but in the end, we decided that the winner was, and do we have some kind of drum roll or something? Sarah Garland, who wrote in to, to us via email and gave us a really long description about why why she liked running. And I wasn't too sure whether people wanted these read on air or not, so um, because there were obviously a few personal things um, involved in some of the in some of the write-ups we got and, and emails we got. So uh, I'm not going to read read out what was what was written but sarah just had a had a fantastic reason reason for running and it helped her through some some really difficult times so sarah well done on winning a copy we'll be in touch with you soon um if not before the show goes out just to let you know you've won so we can get your your details and send you the book awesome there we go wasn't it sorry pretty inspiring that one wasn't it yeah it was yeah yeah. it's it's really amazing and uh, you know it's just you know, we say it all the time and it's kind of almost, you know, it's not cliche because it's, it's so true because every, every story is different. But but running is just so it's so powerful. I think the thing the thing with it is that people don't realize that it's a form of meditation, essentially, however much it hurts and stuff. But it does give you that kind of like little bit of time away, doesn't it? So, yeah, I think I think you're right. You've you've you've, you've hit the nail on the head there. It's yeah. you, you people don't realize they're doing it, but it is yeah. generally yeah. quite kind of loosely tied to the whole mindfulness thing you know when you're out out in the elements or or out running on your own yeah yeah for sure dave listen i really appreciate you coming on and uh, obviously co-hosting with me today um i look forward to running with you soon uh we need to hook up at some point uh and uh yeah thank you so so much for your time good luck over the next week i hope the training goes okay and uh you feel good next week and uh, yeah good luck to everybody running races on the weekend uh good luck to the centurion runners running the south downs way 50 uh, and any other races that you're that you're being a part of. So take care, everybody. Dave, any final words? Uh, stay hard, in the words of David Goggins. <laughs> stay hard, David Goggins. Yeah, that's good. Or what was it that you sent you sent me the other day when I was uh, not looking forward to my session? It was uh, accept the suck or something. Oh yeah, embrace the suck. Embrace <laughs> the suck. There we go. We'll leave it there. Take care, everybody. All the best. Cheers.